is this on? Welcome back to the Fly Over State Sports Show. We are currently watching the Miami Heat, and we have no idea what to do for this show because sports is essentially over, and none of my cohorts like baseball that much or basketball that much to talk about it. So we're coming with you with the Quick Hitter Show, a.k.a. we have no idea what we're doing, so it's a show about nothing. We have Gavin Alexander and Caleb Ubel, Turch, and Beads here today to go over things. Gentlemen, are you excited for our Seinfeld show? <laughs> our Seinfeld show? <laughs> well, Seinfeld, as described, is a show about nothing. That is true. Like, it okay, it's a good show. No, I love Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld's good. Like, not all. Okay, I don't like The Office, but, like, it should be up there. Seinfeld is up there. It's just different. Like, yeah, it's, it's a different, it's different, right? It's not for everyone. And that's not saying like you're an idiot if you don't like the, like Seinfeld, but I like it. Obviously Gavin probably doesn't because Gavin hasn't chimed in at all about Seinfeld. Well, I just think that you saying this is about nothing is disrespectful to the sports that actually matter in America, but I mean, we can, like, admit that baseball is going on in the NBA, but it's not like those actually pertain to anything important. Well, I mean, I, I'm the only one here that, like, gives a shit about the NBA, hence why the uh, why the game's on for me. By the way, go eat. Um, <laughs> and then you hate baseball, and I don't follow the Royals enough. So, you know, we'll, we'll touch on those later, but the Royals are dog shit, the Red Sox are dog yep. shit, and you guys don't give a shit about the NBA, so. Yeah, I'm currently watching, you know, the ticker for the Royals because uh you know MLB fucking sucks but yeah <laughs> well gentlemen I I think we need to you know get into the show but first you know we got a couple things to go through first first you know I'm really bad at this but we actually want people to you know continue to listen to our stuff and grow our platform we're trying to sell out people to help us sell out you need to help us by liking the video or the recording, I guess, giving us ratings, giving us comments on what we can do to improve, and just generally sending out the that we exist. You, you know what? I have, by- I have a challenge for uh, all of our listeners. You know, you know the pay it forward thing? What is that called? I, I have forward. no idea. We're supposed to be nice to one person. Hopefully that one person will be nice to somebody else. Okay. Pyramid scheme. Yeah, that one. <laughs> Amway. Anyways. Ah, yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. <laughs> one, every one of our listeners, tell your friend to listen to the Flyover State Sports Show. Okay? Hell, tell your enemy to listen yes. to it. Yes. Yeah. You think it sucks, send yeah. it to your enemy. Because they'll hate we you even more after listening to us. increase or decrease their quality of life, and I can't <laughs> promise you which one. <laughs> I, I do know that we gained one new follower over the past couple of days. That is our good buddy, Tristan Campbell, down in the good old state of Georgia. So, Tristan, if you're listening, 
Thanks again, buddy. Give us a retweet. Ayo. Ha <laughs> ha. Look at us just chilling out. You got to love it. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at underscore underscore F3S, all capitalizations. We're one of the only Twitter accounts in the world with two underscores because Twitter is dumb. Also, it's important for me to say that apparently, according to my show script, we are sponsored by the U.S. dollar today. The U.S. dollar. Are you tired of losing all your money because you listen to Matt Damon? Are you tired of me stealing a blatant South Park reference? Are you scared of crypto's volatility? Then invest in the dollar. Even though it's more worthless today than it was yesterday, it's still fiat money. The U.S. dollar. That right, was now, fucking glorious. <laughs> now that we completely Actual turned athlete. off our entire audience by trying to tell them straight to their face that we're trying to sell out and run a fake ad, I think it's time to go into a story. I was trying to not work today, and I successfully ended up goading my boss into a 20-minute conversation about this article that I read today, so I did a good job. Um, this is just a little fun one. So... I read about a fantasy football punishment today. And this person's actually from Overland Park, Kansas. So this is why I bring it up. He lost his fantasy league, which meant that he had to enter into a U.S. Open qualifier as his punishment for golf. That's fucking awesome. Talk, I mean, <laughs> sports that don't matter, making them do that on their free time, that's just a fucking incredible and creative punishment. There, there were a couple great quotes. One, he was late to his tea time, and he told the reporter that he was, quote, trying to get that extra work in at the range. So that made me laugh. This whole article was very funny. I would seek it out if you could. It's not very long. It took me like five minutes to read. Um, there was another point where he said, the walking really got to me. I'm more of a cart guy myself. I empathize with that a lot as someone who has walked and ridden the cart. And I think the coup de gras was he finally made a couple uh, pars down the stretch and he said, it's a shame this wasn't a two-round qualifier. The field might have been in trouble. He shot 40 over par on the 18 holes. <laughs> So I can't remember this guy's name. I think it, I think his last name was like Eckerd or something. He was our age. He was like 26. So shout out to you, my man. Um, I can't say that I would shoot any better than you because I stink at golf, and I know my cohort's probably stink at golf. But uh, good on you. Yep, no, way to follow through with the punishment. We're proud of you. At least, at least it wasn't hot as sin. Unless it was a Monday. If it was a Monday, I feel bad for oh. that guy. Poor bastard. Monday was gross. Monday was like 90 degrees. Today was gross. Dude, this whole week is going to be gross. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Wait, welcome to fucking Kansas. But, um, holy shit, going from good story to great story, um, the most exciting two minutes in sports happened on Saturday, and we had the biggest upset in Kentucky Derby history with Rich Strike winning the Kentucky Derby at 80 to 1 odds. He actually opened up at 99 to 1 odds. And we actually know of someone's mother, Mr. Jacob Katzenberg. Shout out to Jacob Katzenberg's mom. Will not reveal her name. But she put $25 on that damn horse and she won two grand. Oh, oh my gosh. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, I got a text about that. That was like a holy crap moment. 
God, so, what the fuck? I bet she was going apeshit during the race. Probably. I mean, for God's sakes, she <laughs> two grand up of a horse. Yeah, the- for twenty five bucks, like that's just like you know, eh. Here, you go. well, well, my boss was at the race too, and he put a fiver on him. Well, he was ninety nine to one. To get so into the like actual race part of it, that overhead view that was trending on Twitter. Like, I'm not obviously. I don't just follow horse racing or anything like that, but the Kentucky Derby is like the just absolute top top of the line when it comes to horse racing. So, and it's a, just a huge event. So you always catch up on it, see what happens. And for a guy that like ran cross country and track for six years of my life and two of those collegiately, seeing a comeback like that, just regardless of when it's at, but when it's a fucking for some reason with, However, however much to go in the race decides that right now I'm going to start racing is confusing, confusing, but like just fun as shit to watch. That was, it was incredible watching that horse come from behind. Okay. So is watching a horse race more fun than NASCAR? Because one is machine and one is like, NASCAR is just too long. If NASCAR was like 10, if NASCAR was just like five to 10 laps, everyone would love NASCAR. Well, and, like, think how many, like, variables go into horse racing. Like, just, you can, when I'm racing, I can control so much about that. My effort, blah, 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 whatever. But that's a fucking animal that you're attempting to get. Like, when, when I say that that horse literally decided to start rating, racing, that's, like, actually a possibility that it just randomly decided, like, well, fuck, I'm running. I guess I might as well just run as fast as I can now. Yeah. And, like that, I don't. That part of it is just super, super cool to me. It's really fast. A lot can happen, and I mean, yeah, it's just an incredible story now. So I used to work for a a, a horse. I'm not going to say her name, but I used to, you know, uh, help with these horses. Not these kinds of horses. These were like more minor league horses. Um, you know, if there was such a thing. Yeah. Just drop thousands of dollars on this shit. It's so crazy, oh, yeah. dude. And you have to be like hard. super careful. What well, what was it? They they said it. You could have bought this horse for like what is it like three hundred thousand dollars or something yeah. like that. Or it it was some like obscene amount, but like super low relative to like what you can buy. Like, do you guys remember Big Brown at all? Like that horse from like oh eight oh nine or something like that. Nope. Like that nope. horse was literally like you were having to pay like that much, like three hundred thousand dollars just for like some like. For him to like, you know, go get you a new horse, if you know what I mean. Like, the, oh, the insemination was like yeah. that much. Like, he was like, like he was a thoroughbred. You know what I mean? He, yeah, he should have won the triple crown, but like he got bumped inside on the uh, post at one point. It was bullshit. Um, but the thing is, is like the chance to have a horse like Big Brown cost as much as like you know an actual Kentucky Derby winning horse at one point. So. I mean, it's crazy how much money is in there. And shout out to the jockey too. I mean, you got to be able to steer that horse to make that cut. Yeah, no, him going the through war. the traffic was incredible. Like there was some things that obviously <laughs> broke his way with like stuff opening up so he could actually get through. But just be, I guess he got himself into position for that. And then when the I guess alleyway opened, the horse was able to take full advantage and just completely opened up at the last. Down the final stretch, that horse was just moving so much faster than every other horse on that track. Absolutely. 
Yeah, incredible. I, it was, uh, like I said, just fun, super fun to watch. And I mean, like, uh, the last thing of it is, is like, that's just such an unbelievable upset. I think I, I like looked at something like for comparison's sake or whatever, like for the, for like 80 to one odds. And like a comparison would be like Baker Mayfield winning like MVP this year or something like that. Oh, well, okay. or like Drew Locke winning MVP or something like that was like equivalent odds or some bullshit like that. Or, wow. or something along those lines, but it's, it, it's such a great story, and, I mean, we'll see him at the Belmont. Um, we'll see. I mean, that horse had only won, like, one race out of six before the Kentucky. So, I mean, I guess we'll see if he can win his third race, you know, at the Belmont. <laughs> so, I don't know. Great story. Um, and even another great story. I shouldn't even call it a great story. It's just a story. We haven't talked about any uh, college basketball here in a minute because there's been nothing really to talk about. But I guess, you know, we got to talk a little bit about K-State. I mean, they lost Nigel Pack, and he went to Miami for a crap ton of money and a car. We're not salty at all about that. Nope. Um, But K-State has gotten some transfers in. I believe they have four guys in. Um, The center out of LSU, the guard out of Mississippi State, uh, the finister, the guy who came out of uh, high school, and then – uh, Tomlin, the uh, Juco guy. So we got some stuff building in the Little Apple. What say you, folks? They missed out on uh, that recruit from Detroit. Uh, yeah, what was his name? everyone missed out on that de- recruit from Detroit. I know. Yeah, that one. I mean, I'm sure we weren't really for that. I, I'm sure. No, I think I think uh, everything that I saw was it came down to Detroit and BYU. Yeah. So Which that kind that's of a stinks. little. It's kind of an ego blow. I a little bit things went well with him, but you know Rome wasn't built in a day, and I th- I think everyone was getting a little bit too carried away with how fast this thing is going to get turned around. It's definitely well, going to take a little bit. But the like part about that though, Sam, is like a month ago, a month and two weeks ago, we were sitting here just like defeated as K State basketball fans. There was like no way forward. Uh, we know that we're losing Nigel at that point. You just everything felt bad, and then Jerome Tang comes in, and we talked about him here on the podcast. We're kind of excited, and then we finally start getting players into the program that feel like they're not going to transfer away in a year to go like struggle for playing time in a Division two school. Like we're actually getting players that belong in D- Division one basketball for a change because the like majority bottom three quarters of our roster. I can't say the same thing about that over the past couple of years. And that just feels, I don't know how much in the right direction we're going or how far, but just generally being steered back in the right direction is a good feeling. No, I get that. And I mean, it's like I said, Rome wasn't built in a day. And I mean, it would have been really nice to get, uh, I believe is Antoine Davis, I think is how you pronounce his first name. Yeah. he was, I can't. I don't know if it was spelled weird or if I can't spell. Getting him would have been nice, but I think at the end of the day, and this is just you know me coping and everything after not getting him. You know, it's one of those things where if you look at his percentages, like 
he scores a lot of points. He's not like super efficient. It's kind of like the guard from uh, Texas that transferred to Minnesota last year. God, I can't remember his name. He wore number two. I remember his number, but not the name. Uh, you're gonna have to help me out on that one, Beans, because that's gonna bother me. What team? <laughs> uh, Texas. Uh, more like number two. I can't remember his name. He transferred to Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but like he was like inefficient at Minnesota, and like he's good, but like he's just inefficient. And Antoine Davis is probably gonna be good, but inefficient, which was probably gonna make people mad. Honestly. Yeah. And let's uh. Honestly, though, we never even, as far as like, because he was still a highly regarded transfer, and the other guys we've been bringing in are fairly highly regarded, but it's much more highly regarded than what has previously been brought in here. And that's a that that's a change that feels so fucking nice because I'm tired, I'm tired of players transferring away because they're mad of what's been going on here, and then just like not getting playing time at division two schools. That just feels like such a slap in the face to like where our program is to myself. Yeah, I, like, there, I get that. Is it like, or not be like uh, Baylor uh, players in the transfer portal that Tang yeah, could Meyer is in the transfer portal. I did see that. Yeah. I, yeah, he, I just, I just, yeah, he, his name is, yeah. Matthew Meyer. I, I think he's all right. I mean, I I would like him. Yeah, but a six but... foot nine, you know, small forward. <laughs> Again, we have like nine players on our roster right now. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I I wouldn't necessarily anticipate any of that. Everyone's in the transfer portal right now. It, it's like if you're not in the transfer portal, I mean, to, to this point, it just feels like guys are entering the transfer portal in order to get more money out of their schools for NIL. Which sure. Yeah. But, oh my uh, gosh! Did you see? Uh, was it Lane Kiffin like offering Lamborghinis or whatever the fuck it was? No, I, I didn't see that. He was like posting pictures with like college students, recruits, high school recruits, like next to Lamborghinis, and I don't know if they get that, but like, do they? They, they probably get a. Uh, I bet you they have a freshman um, NIL program through some car dealership i bet yeah k-state just started one too um i mean you have in, to you, yeah you i mean not. i mean, I mean k-state's kind of like a little like what do you say two weeks or three weeks too late on this kind of boat you know every, lsu's already started this uh nil stuff you know usc I, already started k-state's I mean, just now never i guess yeah yeah there also just isn't enough money around Manhattan in general to compete with a lot of the big market schools, which is really weird to say about college programs and I hate to say it about college programs because I'm graduating with a degree that's gonna help me find a job but regardless um I guess the <laughs> it, it's it's funny that the um education means nothing here uh yeah I mean. It- <laughs> I already kind of, we already kind of knew it did me nothing. I, well, I guess, sure, but now I, I, I guess for a group of people that, in my opinion, really needed it, it feels really weird to just make it harder for them to get it, essentially, or you're helping them less. And what kind of credits, like, transfer? Like, I thought about Oh, that. God, don't even get me started. With oh, my gosh, that is a nightmare. It's so bad. I, I know. I'm just saying, like, I, I thought about this the other day, like, while I was, like, it, I, I, I looked at somebody. I can't remember who. I can't remember what player it was, but they had, like, transferred, like, three times in three years. 
And I'm just like, do their gen eds like transfer or do they like, like, so at K-State, they have this thing called the K-State A, which is pretty much like all your PUD classes, right? Yeah. Right. You, have, you just go and take PUD classes for like four years and then. Okay, leave. Sam, or like, they aren't there to school. Huh? They're but, not there to school. Dude, I, I know they're not there to school. But like, well, I, I guess what understand. we're. Like, what I completely saying understand that they're, like, they're not there to play school. Or a lot of like, I shouldn't say not all of them. That's that's not fair to like some of the guys who actually are. Yeah, it's not fair to the one percent. Okay. Yeah. But like, what I'm saying is, if you transfer like three times, like, what kind of credit transfer do you actually get? I you know what so I mean? the way it would work is your prereqs, your K State eight, all of that stuff would transfer. You just would never ever be able to complete basically your last two years of a bachelor's. Well, degree. when you when you go from university, usually you know like a business degree, it's pretty common across university university to have the same um, criteria and everything. So I, I know, but not everyone like accepts everybody's stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once once you start getting into your major, like well, just your electives, major, so classes, they just they just roll those into electives. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't know. Again, I, I get you no closer to a actual major at the end of it. You just have a bunch of electives that go towards nothing. I don't know. I have a college degree and I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So, <laughs> oh, dude, retweet. I I have a college <laughs> degree working in the field that I went to my college degree for, and I still don't know what I'm doing at the time. <laughs> so I figured, apparently, I needed uh, another year of school. I needed to go seven and a half to you know really figure things out. God, I'm sure K-State would have absolutely loved me paying them another year of, like, tuition for grad school. God, that shit was expensive. If you haven't caught, uh, this podcast is not sponsored by Kansas State, so fuck that place. Yeah, we're sponsored by the U.S. dollar. State, with all my heart, I hate everything about the school aspect of college with all my heart. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I, I believe that th- th- this is going completely off track, so we'll we'll leave it at this. I remember I came back for a like senior like Q and A. We had this teacher named Miss Stratton, or whatever, for those of you that don't know. And I came back for a Q and A so I could answer like any questions for her class. And it was me and like a couple other people. And Anthony Cleekin was in it. And for those of you who don't know, Anthony Cleekin went to, like, engineering school, but on steroids. So he hated his life for four years. <laughs> um, so we come back after the first semester of our freshman year, and everyone's asking these questions or whatever. And all the other people who chose, like, the business degrees and, like, the teaching degrees, they're like, ah, you know, like, college isn't that bad. You know, ah, it's okay. Like, ah, da, 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 da. And then, like, Anthony and I get to the question and same questions like, yeah, you know, you're probably going to get slapped in the face on your first test and you're going to hate your life for pretty much a lot of the time. And you can see the room get like deadpan silent. And then, <laughs> and then Anthony was like, yeah, dude, one kid has like a mental breakdown. And you can see everyone's eyes like looking at Anthony like, what the fuck? <laughs> and so we, we, we did what we did. You know, we told all of our horror stories. Cause that's real shit. Like anyone who's listening to this, college is hard as fuck. I know a lot of people empathize with that. Yep. But um, 
I just after that, like one of the, one of these girls came up to us, and she was like, "Why are you trying to scare all of us?" And we're like, "We're not. We're just, you know, <laughs> being real, being real." And then like she went to college, and like two years later, she had to transfer schools because she had so much anxiety. <laughs> like she had to transfer from the school she was at back to the school she ended up at. And like she graduated and everything, she's doing good or whatever. But like shit's tough. All right, so uh, we need to move off that soapbox real quick. We told you this show was about nothing. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, if you haven't listened, we put out an episode called The Lounge Hour. That's a that's a new thing we're doing now. Apparently. And uh, we, we got some blowback feeds. We, we have some reviews from that podcast from people who have listened to it. Oh, did they actually review it on Apple Podcasts or just tell us? No, no, no so I'm I talking a... about the guys in the fantasy group chat. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. You're talking about. I thought you were talking about the phone call I got. <laughs> oh, so there, so there's more to the story than that meets the eye. So I told the story about how I lost by point two points because the running back score got corrected. Fun. I was going into a Monday night game with just. I don't want my defense to go negative, so I sat my defense. So that way I didn't go negative, and I still went negative because the running back's points got corrected. It's a beautiful thing. That's no. tough. That's I really know. tough. I would have done the same exact thing, though, Beans. And it was against him, too. When he called me and told me that, it just, like, sunk me even more into my chair. Well, I tell you what. We won't spend too much time on this because if you haven't listened to it, because we didn't tweet it out because our media manager guy's a NAS hat. Yeah, what a fucktard. It's yeah, me. Media. I'm the manager, ma- media manager guy. I I am the media manager. <laughs> um, I am, which you know makes me look like an idiot. I uh, all those uh bullshit tweets. Yeah, those are me. That's me. Sorry about it. <laughs> but uh, you know what? What were some of the highlights that we had from that from our uh, fancy group chat? Pretty much, uh, dude who took James Cook six, Jimmy pissed, hated yeah. <laughs> fucking, fucking mad. Like fuck you guys. I don't even need to explain myself. James Cook is just gonna be good, and he's gonna beat you guys, and you guys are gonna, oh, gonna be pissed. James, Go- no, James Cook's gonna average fifteen a week, and then we're gonna sit and sit back and just you know. Like, I yeah, said that smart. on the episode. I said I know what's gonna happen. He's gonna drop thirty on me in the fucking playoffs and beat me, and I'm gonna be wrong, <laughs> but. But apparently, no, this will be like this will be the year Devin Singletary will go off. I mean, Jimmy Probably. was like that's who I would take out of that backfield. I don't know who else is back there. Uh, Zach bum trash ass Moss and uh, oh. Duke, Duke Johnson. What if Duke Johnson just beats out James Cook? I I mean, there's there hasn't been a fantasy relevant full season running back in Buffalo since Josh Allen has been the starting quarterback, and I don't expect that to change. But but regardless, so we also got some blowback from uh, the Shark NATO, apparently oh, yeah. telling Shark, us Shark was angry. He was pissed because you made fun of his draft. Yeah, the funny Me? thing was he was. Yeah, you, oh yeah, I did make fun of his draft. But like he was pissed, <laughs> but then like also confused because we were mad at his draft because he drafted it backwards. But then he was like, I but like. I drafted good players. We were like, we didn't say you didn't draft good players. You just took them backwards. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing is he was pissed at you because he was like, 
oh, dude, for, like, the first four picks, or the first, like, three, four picks, this guy, Beans, was like, dude, this guy fucking reached, like, a motherfucker. But then, like, for the last four, he was like, wow, that's a really good pick. That's a fucking steal. And in my head, I'm just like, yeah, no shit, it's a steal. You fucking reached on the other four. You had all the picks. <laughs> you pushed them down if the board. If you would have switched them, that would have been perfectly good value. <laughs> Oh, that's great! Oh, it was it was great. We were uh, very happy that those dudes could listen in and uh, hear us ripping apart their teams. And I fully expect them to everything that I said in that episode to be wrong. So, oh, what exactly. about the two that didn't draft? What did they have to say? Uh, not much. They, they didn't anything. give a shit. They didn't actually, give a shit. I think one of them was actually just like mocking the fact that we had a podcast. Which good on him. <laughs> I would do yeah. the same thing. I mock it too. Yep. We are pretty stupid. And we do produce pretty low quality content. But it's okay because people that we're up against, especially in today's or uh, spring and summer where there's nothing to talk about, we get uh, different stories like Ryan Tannehill not being a mentor to his backup quarterback. <gasps> Can Shock you believe it? Is Ryan Tannehill racist? Is Ryan Tannehill mentally stable? These are the questions you have to ask now. Hey, I, yo, where where is uh, Ryan Tannehill from Beans? Google that for me real quick. I got I, you. So what? I've been a Tannehill defender on Ooh. this podcast. Oh, go for it, Beans. Go for All it. Right. Where's he from? Hometown. I, I need like hometown or high school or something. Yeah. Okay. He was born July 27, 1988. I didn't know he was 33. He seems a lot younger than that. Anyways, Lubbock, Texas. Really? <laughs> he feels a lot older than that. What are you yeah, talking about? I definitely thought he was older. But Lubbock, okay. Texas? Yes, Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, he's racist. <laughs> oh yeah, there, there's a decent chance that Ryan Tannehill has some racist bones in his body. That has but, nothing to do with Ryan Tannehill, the person. I'm sure he's a swell man. That is just a byproduct of living in West Texas. Yes. Yeah. No. So, Especially Lubbock. That's the butt crack I, in Texas. I have a, I have a uh, coworker who used to work like in West Texas, and he was he straight up told me one day he was like. Yeah, you know, there's some places out in West Texas the Civil War never really ended. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah? It was like, yeah. I was like, all right. So Ryan Tannehill certified maybe on racism. Yeah. (laughs) I'd give it a solid, like, three out of ten. What do you guys think about the comments, where they've been taken, and, like, I I have feelings on them, but I want to hear what you guys say first. Hold on. I have a comment. Go ahead. He is the third. Ryan Tannehill. Yep, he's the third. Why is that just disregarded? But Will Fuller is Will Fuller v. Maybe he. I guess he just doesn't care. Wow. Maybe, fuck family. Maybe they're. Fuck. We'll get to that later. Fucking family. <laughs> Pause. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe Ryan uh, Tannehill the first. You know, has some skeletons in his closet. So maybe. Maybe. Maybe we weren't too far off on the analysis. <laughs> God damn it. Um, I don't know. Racist, probably not. Prejudice, eh, yeah. Eh, eh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> I don't know. For, for, for me, um, the first thing that's just weird for Ryan Tannehill in this sense is like Malik Willis is a third-round quarterback, and I don't think I've ever seen like anyone be like, oh, are you going to mentor this third-round rookie quarterback? Because, like, no one's ever mentored a third-round rookie quarterback. I don't think ever. Okay. So, 
here's my kind of thoughts on this. Like, I kind of to piggyback off of you, like, heavily. Anyways, um, Ryan Tannehill was a first-round quarterback, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, eighth overall, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yep. I, think that's, I, I think that's correct. Yep. So, Ryan Tannehill only has a couple more years in his deal. I don't think a, I don't think a third-round quarterback is going to take a supposedly what was a first-round overall quarterback's position. And doesn't that say something about the Titans where they think that they have solidified their roster to where they could take a quarterback in the third round? Like, if the Chiefs have hit home runs on every draft pick and then, like, the only thing we're looking to do is just solidify our backup quarterback and our punters and our kickers. Like, fuck yeah, let's do it in the third, fourth, and fifth round. So but, my argument to that, potentially, right? Yeah, the Titans potentially. theoretically could have had Willis as, like, the number one quarterback in the class. They could have had him as, like, a high second-round grade, but maybe, like, not necessarily a first-round grade, if that makes sense. Maybe it's a little bit – and plus, you know, if you're going to trade A.J. Brown, like, you need to go – all that stuff. And they didn't have second because of the trade. So, I mean, if Malik Willis is, like, your number one quarterback and you have, like, a high second-round grade on him and you have a third-round pick, then that makes sense. But that's a lot of ifs. You know what I mean? Okay. I think the most right likely outcome – is that they uh, just didn't – Malik Willis was being talked about at two overall before the draft, which is a Allegedly. whole other conversation of media just being fucking idiots. But, like, that was the conversation. And they were sitting there in the third round and said, look, this just feels like a steal, and Don't maybe he can do some stuff, and we'll just put him in there. But, like, to get back to the Ryan Tannehill comments, not only have you, like – Look around the NFL. Look at what's happening with Zach Wilson. What's happening with all of these other teams. Like, we got to get our quarterback's weapons. The idea for the Titans to get their quarterback weapons is to trade away their number one receiver is to build this running game, which is just not help, not helpful to quarterback success in any way. And go get a wide receiver that is, in my opinion, not pro-ready to replace one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Like there's just nothing going on here to help Ryan Tannehill. And I will, there's going to be people that will come out and say, and I 100% agree that Ryan Tannehill is not worth the current contract that he's on. However, he is still one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL, regardless of being on that contract. And they, where the rest of the money is gone to pay some average pass rushers that they have. Like there's, there's a lot of malpractice going on by the Titans. And I, a lot of that is going to get dumped on Ryan Tannehill as it's been the past couple of days. And I just kind of wanted to point that out because I don't think it's fair to the guy, Ryan Tannehill, who also has had to put up with Adam Gase for however many years of his college career. He had, yeah. He had to put up with Adam Gase for like, he's been through the fucking three, ringer two, like, two or three years, I think. And it was Joe Philbin before that. Yeah. I, just talk about a quarterback that has had, absolutely no help in his NFL career and is still like regarded as a pretty good starting quarterback. Imagine just imagine a world where he was like actually given weapons in a scheme that like allowed him to put up counting stats. Yeah. If this you, just, to me ahead. feels like uh, Jalen hurts again, right? Yeah. The guy just feels like Tennessee is going to scuffle and then, like Ryan Tannehill, they're they're just gonna give Malik Willis like a look or something, 
and then well, I mean, like we'll see what happens. But they have no weapons for Ryan. Tan- What's going to happen is Ryan Tannehill's just like not going to be able to rely on Traylon Burks and the weapons they have there. They'll put Malik Willis in there because he's like able to rely on his legs and able to create much more, and that's going to be like fine, and it'll work better for them for a while. But it's not not something that you're going to be able to win playoff games with, which is what the Titans this last time I checked wanted to do. So I'm not really sure what they're trying to accomplish right now. So, okay. This is kind of in my head with this right now, right? And, like, this this is like a sickos thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you had Malik Willis with Derrick Henry and then, like, used Traylon Burks, like Debo Samuel got used, that does sound super fun. Oh, no, it'd be fun as hell to watch, but we've still never seen an offense set up in any way around a rushing quarterback able to, like, sustainably win playoff games. Yeah, but it's not my team, so I want to see it. (laughs) Oh, yeah, fun to watch. (laughs) I I do want to see it. Like, I'm interested. I, I want to see this happen. Yeah, no, fun fun to watch. I completely agree with you. But Ryan Tannehill, I also just like the verbiage he used that was like ran away with where it is like 100% not actually not his job. His job is to play quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. His job is to go win games for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, it is actually factually not his job. If if they want someone to like be on roster to actually teach Malik Willis what to do, they should go get, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because, like, I know Ryan Fitzpatrick does, like, a d- bunch of dumb shit, but he is, like, from Harvard. The quarterback and, like, coaches in the NFL just worthless? Like, is the Tennessee Titans- Yes and no. I mean, like, quarterback coaches aren't worthless. Like, they're obviously – they have the job for a reason. But, like, a lot of quarterback coaches didn't play, like, you know, fucking 12 however many years that Fitzpatrick played in the league. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like uh, Josh McCown. You know no, I mean? yeah, I I get that an actual quarterback could be a better mentor, but, like, that's actually the quarterback coach's job to well, mentor. I guess, too, like, the quarterback coach isn't going to be, like, the quarter like the rookie quarterback's, like, best friend or anything. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going out and, like, making sure he's not being a jackass. Like, Ryan Fitzpatrick might actually be able to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, again, I think – it, Ryan Tanner shouldn't have to concern himself about teaching. Like, like if Malik Willis asks him something, he should, like, you know, be helpful. Like, he shouldn't be an ass about it, but he shouldn't be like, all right, Malik, it's time for your, like, 8.30, you know, lesson plan, whatever. Like, Yeah, and if he is, great for Ryan Tannehill. But if the Titans are drafting Malik Willis and saying, oh, great, we can have Ryan Tannehill teach him and then Malik Willis start week one, like, that's just – like not what what's supposed to happen, right? This whole thing is completely different if the Titans are mid as shit. Like if they're like eight and nine or nine and eight. That that yeah. team finished first in the AFC last year. Like they're they have title aspirations. Like yep. you can't be distracting Ryan Tannehill with having to babysit a rookie quarterback. Just bring in an older third dude who's like a model pro. No, and uh speaking of babysitting, why don't we talk about what Tom Brady is never gonna be doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Tom Brady signed a. T- he hasn't even signed the contract yet. Technically, Tom Brady's agreed to in principle or signed or done whatever a ten-year, three hundred and seventy-five million-dollar contract to call games for Fox Sports. 
when he decides to retire, whatever that could be, whether it's next year or 20 years from now. Have you ever seen someone relapse as hard as Tom Brady from being a dad? (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, seriously, there are, like, drunken dads out there that, like, wake up and leave the house that, like, put less effort into being a dad than Tom Brady. There there are dads (laughs) who went out to go get the milk and, like, have spent more time with their kids. (laughs) Like, Tom Brady, like, went out to get the milk and get a pack of cigarettes at this point. Like, Jesus fucking... This dude does not want to be around his family on a consistent basis. Like, he he was the family... He was a... He played the Brady Bunch for just a minute, and that was it. I... He literally returned from being a dad and said, fuck this, I think I'm gonna play till I'm 50 again. And just in case I don't, I want a backup plan in case I can't play so I can still stay around football instead of going home. <laughs> Gosh. Did he coach? Coaching takes up a lot of time. At this, I, mean, I mean, he seems desperate enough to not go home. He'd just take whatever. He'd be janitor at the uh, stadiums if he had to. Oh, gosh. Now, in all reality, um, good for Tom Brady. Um, Tony Romo, like, legitimately set the, I guess, the path for all of these NFL players to go into. Do you think Brady would be a bouncer? Well, we're going to fucking find out for $37 million a year. I hope he's okay. By the way, I want to see the year that uh, Breeze starts. Huh? Is this the year that Breeze starts, too? Breeze started last year. Breeze started last year. He's okay. like an analyst. He's not like a call guy. Yeah. Okay. I'm assuming uh, Romo would be a call guy. I would assume. Yeah, Tom Brady I would think, be a call guy. I think Brady, Brady would to do too much like comparison to how he did, and I feel like that could hurt him because what he does is not relatively comparable to what everybody else does. People want to hear that stuff though. At the same time, like if Tom, if there's one thing that like gets blown up on broadcasts and stuff, it's when the Analysts can draw the fucking arrows on the screen and show the people at home exactly what the quarterback is thinking. People just absolutely eat up that shit. And that's something I think that obviously at this point. Tom- I Are think you hearing that? that? Successful. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, man. I Did he cut out there for a minute? I mean, faded, but like we shall okay, continue. I, I, I the show continues. Yeah. Um, yeah, Tom Brady will be fine in this role. Um, he may, he's going to be making like twice as much as Tony Romo too, which is hilarious. That is, man, Romo like, gonna, is Romo going to do a walkout? Dude, Romo's going to get a fat-ass contract extension whenever he can. <laughs> God, we go from like players getting contracts to now like the analysis are just as important as the players. Do you imagine if referees got paid? <laughs> no, stop. You shut your fucking mouth. Yeah, I know. That's a crazy concept there. Sorry. You shut your dirty mouth. All right. Well, you two go talk about Justin Ross real quick. I need to call my grandmother because she Aww. just called me. Perfect. Aww. So I'll come back in a bit. Um, in the meantime, uh, Justin Ross, go. Yeah. So I guess let's address first, Beans, why you just attacked Justin Ross here and not like the Chiefs wide receiver core or Chiefs rookies. So what's what's special about Justin Ross to you here? Okay, so, I mean, we could talk about the Chiefs wide receiving core and, like, the overhaul that has completely taken place. Mm-hmm. You know, no longer having Tyree Kill. We've really cut a lot of 
I would say tr- not trimming fat, but like we're, tr- we're, trimming, we're trimming fat. <laughs> we're trimming fat. I mean, we didn't bring back Demarcus Robinson. We didn't bring back Byron Pringle. And well, Byron Pringle's already got legal trouble up in Chicago. So that's a whole story itself. I that's know, crazy. But- See what yeah, happens when Andy Reid isn't crazy. watching these guys for a week. Yeah, no, literally we get these like we get this roster full of people with character issues and they like leave our like utopia for like three days and all of a sudden getting a I don't even know what it was. I think it was just a reckless driving incident. Yeah, I think he was just like doing donuts in a parking lot, which <laughs> who hasn't? Yeah. But anyways, the Justin Ross deal, I mean I feel like this is progressively one of the better, you know call it a draft pick you know this is one of the better picks um in my opinion because you know how we talked about how leak willis was a first round you know mocked at two you know yeah. justin ross at one point was mocked in like could have been a top 10 pick and yeah. we got him as a as a free agent and you know i hope his health is up to par i don't want him you know no no back injuries you know no breaking of the spine or anything play a football you never wish that upon people but I, god bless it if he lights up like this is amazing so i agree with everything you said except the part where like his injury isn't to the where he's like gonna get obviously there's a chance when you're playing football freak shit happens anybody can get hurt on any play but like yeah it's not like he's gonna get hit in a specific way and his spine's gonna split in two or he's gonna be paralyzed any more than any other players he's he he has been medically cleared to yeah. uh because that like he played this last year because that's not a possibility and, and i but, want just our listeners to hear like brett veach made the comment he was like you know we are paired with ku med which is a really highly touted medical school supposedly i don't know anyways um and said like you know we have a team of doctors that give us the medicals on these players and they say he's okay we go after him if they say there's something wrong with him i don't ask questions we don't go after him like so, even veach doesn't continue to push the narrative after that so here's the part where like the hype on justin ross because it's already started to build in rookie camp and oh yeah there's a reason for that but at the same time if the chiefs believed that his medicals were good enough that he could return to what he was before he wouldn't have been a UDFA. They would have picked him in before the draft ended. They would have picked him in the fifth round, the sixth round, whatever. He's purely a, we know he can still play football because he did that last year. There's no way right now to tell. And in fact, it's looking like because of how he was last year that he will never return to that freshman year form that made Justin Ross look like a number one overall pick. And I know that that like sucks and everything to say, but the reality of this is, is that this guy's up against the wall in terms of like continuing his football career. It, that's such a terrible injury and it's such a bad, so bad, such bad luck for a guy that was so talented. Yeah. But, and, but my thing is like Demarcus Robinson would say pro- played probably what, you know, 15 to 20 snaps a game. Maybe if that, mm-hmm. like, if you get just and think of the production we had with Demarcus Robinson, fairly minimal, correct? He's a good blocker. If we can get uh, the production of 15 to 20 snaps a game, that's a safe production for Justin Ross with a hurt back or whatever, or a history of a hurt back. Like, 
I feel like his production is more than Demarcus Robinson, who was a wide receiver three or four last year. I guess the the injured version, because Justin Ross was still hurt last year. He had a different injury, hurt his foot, something like yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, was supposedly healthy enough to run at their pro day, and it was not good. Just like, I've never seen Justin Ross since he's returned to football show me that he's an NFL athlete. No, oh, yeah, I agree. He's like, and that that's the part that we're like, I understand, like, don't give me, don't hear what I'm not saying. This is an incredible bet for the Chiefs to make. Play the guy you want to bring in and you like take a look at him and see, can we get there? That's a great, that's an absolutely outstanding bet for you to make. I'm just like trying, trying to speak realistically here. No, on yeah, what no. You should expect this. There are some realistic standards we got to set. Like he was a free agent sign. Like you said, he is a free agent signing, but if this, you know, if this falls, you can cut him, let him go. He'll probably never get picked up. Yeah, if- and it's a, it's also a the cool thing about him. Or not, not cool, sorry. Um, the interesting thing is, since that since that is what we're talking about, where he's either healthy enough to return to what he was, or he's not. Right. That's a this dude makes the if this dude makes the roster. If this dude can prove that like he's at least improving or is already like up to the NFL speed caliber of an NFL receiver, whatever. Um, that's very, very, very promising because like I said, I don't believe I've never seen that he's an NFL athlete. He's never like showcased that in his film last year and his testing, but if he can make the roster, if he can show the chiefs that like there's actually a significant chance that he returns to what he uh, formerly was, like, this is a black and white deal to me, especially when you're talking about a fucking spinal injury, right? Yeah. He's either good or he's not. If he's, if he starts showing signs that he can, that's so fucking encouraging because I don't see this being a situation where there's much gray area in between. Yeah. He, he either but, is healthy and able to return or he's just not. And that's so. So let me read off the wider room real quick. Okay. And well, let, before let, you do, Beans, I do have what? one question. Oh, hey, you're back. It, it, I've been back for a while. It was uh, the call was actually from my mother. My uh, cousin gr- just graduated, so I got I had to stream into the live stream there for a minute. Ah, oh, the old boy graduate. Congratulations, yeah. Will. How long did we sign Justin Ross for? Like on this contract? What's that? How, how long was Justin Ross's uh, deal? I, I believe I it's just a. I, I think it's just a free agent deal where you sign up for a year and you can keep you. You have him. Oh, uh, so like Byron Pringle's deal? Yeah. You have uh, control of him up to three years. Okay. So 2025, he becomes a restricted free agent, which we still kind of have control of him. We have first rights to him. But, yeah, we have control of him for three seasons. And if he can just be in Kill Harry, that would be nice. Yeah, but there's nothing yeah. guaranteed after, like, I, there might not be anything guaranteed, but there's surely nothing guaranteed past just this year if we were to cut him. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sure the contract guarantees at some point during the season. Yeah. No, I imagine if you know, like he makes the you know fifty three or whatever. I'm sure something like that Surely happens. Surely he'll make but... fifty three. Well, all right. So let's let's read the wide receiver room real quick and say yes or no if they make the fifty three. Okay. That... Yep. All right. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nico Hardman. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, make... oh, 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 what's that? If Justin Ross is actually healthy. 
and like showing the Chiefs that he can return, I could see him making the roster over McColl. Dude, could you imagine that room with six foot what Valdez Scantling is and Juju? Well, like we already also- have. There's legitimately three players ahead of McColl Hardman that are better that, than him at his job, and that's a, and the he- only job he's capable of doing. They're freakishly taller too. I, I would like I would like to read off the rest of the room before. Yeah. I okay. Like, right. Okay. So I, we'll, I would we'll imagine maybe for me. six, right? Okay. Most teams carry about six wideouts. Six. Yeah. yeah. Probably six. Back seven. Chiefs like to you know sprinkle in that seven. Last year they went with with a fourth tight end. That was Jody Fortinson. Right, how about you just read? How about you read off all the room and then we can decide. Okay. Like the locks and the bubble. Okay, Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, Nicole, Juju, Corey Coleman, Darice Fountain, Josh Gordon, Justin Watson, Omar Bayless. They have Jerry on Ely in here as a wide receiver. A wide receiver? Yep. Uh, Cornell Powell, Justin Ross, Matthew Sexton, and Sky Moore. Well, I take back what I said about McCall Hardman because I didn't realize our receiving core was that bad. So. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like we have about – Four dudes who I'm pretty confident in. I mean, that's why I think Justin Ross is going to make the roster. Yeah, I mean, just like even as a special teamer. What? Like, I don't know if he'll play special teams or not because of his back. But yeah, but it's hard for us to keep a guy. I, we have rights to him for three years. You know, no, you I can, get that. But I mean, like, you can probably just keep. Uh, you can practice. I mean, you squad can probably keep uh, like some other dudes. I mean, like Cornell Powell's probably going back to the practice squad. Yeah. Yeah. So, like. Can- can we agree? MVS, Sky, um, Juju, and McColl are probably all safe. Yeah, those are locks. Then you just got two more. I'm guessing like the Corey Coleman. I Josh Gordon has to make it because his receiving core got worse than last year, and he made the fucking receiving core last year. So, I mean, maybe. It, I mean, Josh Gordon's such a wild card. You never know. I guess I don't know. It I feel like what this is a Ross does too. Yeah, you, I feel like this is a toss up between Darice Fountain and Josh Gordon. For that sixth spot, I mean, Corey I Corey Coleman I agree plays special you. teams at all? Like, is that, that why we have him? Who? Corey Coleman. I or would imagine like so. A, is or is that? I was just gonna say, is that a sheer reclamation project? I think it's just like a Josh Gordon thing. You know, he's twenty-seven. He's got a couple years left of production, hopefully. So we'll try to bring him back. So do you just like? Is it between like Fountain and Coleman and? Uh, Gordon then like is that I, I think is? that's the I think that's where our toss-up is yeah at here. and then I would say whichever one of those guys can help the most on special teams is probably like who gets the nod I mean if yeah. Justin Ross can play special teams he's gonna absolutely make the roster he's probably the absolute cheapest dude we have out of all those guys I um, I just think and we're like one of the cheaper oh. guys I'm what looking at I'm looking with. at contracts here. He's the same as Omar Bayless, Jerry on Ely, Cornell Pout, and Matthew Sexton. So like he's like minimal. He's like the league minimum. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like if he if he shows anything, then like he's gonna make the roster because he's worth so little. Yeah. But um I, I bet you uh I bet you we carry six or seven. So, I, I bet it's six, and we go to four tight ends again with Kelsey, Bell, Gray, and Fortson. I didn't so know who, if Bell was back or not. But Yep, uh, Bell is back. By the way, Miami's a three-wide receiver set for the Chiefs week one. Three-wide receiver set? Yeah, and you can name what position a wide receiver as well. Okay, well, Valley Scantling is the X. 
Yeah, Valdez is the X. Juju is probably the Y, and McCall is probably the slot. When you yeah. Think. No, it's Juju will be the slot. I guess. I mean, the, my my thing is, does McCall just do what Tyreek did? And then... I think that's the project. And then if it doesn't work, Juju moves outside and Sky moves to the slot. Okay. I think th- I think this is a project. I think this is the year where we find out what he really is. I mean, I think it's going to be a pretty. I think between uh, McColl and Sky, there's going to be a lot of interchange. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I well, agree. I mean, even McColl, Sky, and Juju. Juju isn't supposed to play on the outside, but he can. All three of them, to me, are interchangeable in the slot or the Z receiver roles, and they can kind of just rotate between. Through the, I think Sky is the best out of that three, and so I think Sky obviously plays the most, but they all play all three or all, both positions. If that makes sense, I need. I have a big question, and I I wanted them to do this, and I I know because ball handling issues, but um, dude, are we gonna use him at running back a little bit? Stop. No, I'm just saying. Like, he's a good athlete. He has return, like, experience. Like, theoretically, he should be able to sprinkle in at running back. So, like, I think it's that's manufactured touches. You know, he's just that jet sweep guy. He That's his role. I would, and I promise this is not me just trying to, like, continue pumping my guy here. But Sky Moore led the nation in broken, fourth broken tackles last year. He's 195 pounds at... 510 like he's built i honestly think that sky Moore. if we're gonna play any of them running back and have like a hybrid role which i think the chiefs could do just because creativity and all i think sky Moore would be the better receiver yeah but like i think sky Moore is like a good receiver and i don't want him to take those hits like mccall's (laughs) a dude on a one-year contract i think Debo samuel is a good receiver too and that apparently didn't matter well okay McCole Hardman is on a one-year deal, and we can just run him into the ground and not feel bad about it. That, yeah, that's fair. There's I no think consequences. Be... Like, that, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. It, all I'm thinking in my head is like, okay, like our running backs are Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ronald Jones, and then a fucking Pacheco, a Pacheco head. Yeah, well, and let's – I mean, if we're scheming production up anyways, it's not like you have to actually be that talented once you get the ball in your hands anyways. You just yeah. like give McCole the ball. He runs fast until he gets tackled, and like well, doesn't like, make the tackle. And again, like we use tight, you get running back like slim to none, a little bit of margins and everything. But I mean, that's because you can't not have him at wide out. I mean, I'm I'm just saying like you could see something where McCole is lined up at running back, and then you have like Sky and MBS and Juju like and Travis like all on the field at the same time. That, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I see what you're trying to say. Essentially, at that point, you're trying to figure out <laughs> if there's anything that McCall Hardman can do well, which is kind of funny. Um, well, I, I, McCall can do stuff, but I mean, it's just like, McCall's like not like a great, or like, I would even say good. McCall's an all right receiver. He's like an average receiver, but he has like great athleticism. So like, we need to find yeah. a way to use the athleticism. So why don't we? give him, like, five carries or, like, light him up in the backfield and do some stuff like that. He is that one receiver I just talk shit on all the time, which I'm sorry, you know, 
I shouldn't be that way, but I am. The person of McCall Hardman, I am sorry. And <laughs> I, I, I'm just that I just have strong emotions about him because everybody supports him for someone just, you know, I, I when I think of Mikkel, I think of drop punts. I think of fumbling and all that shit. I see the, you know, what he's done in the past. And then I'll talk shit on him. And then the next week he'll like break a touchdown for 30 yards. And I'm like, well, fuck, there goes that out the window. Well, not, I think to me it's just like, okay, like, we have a dude who has like some skill. Like we gotta find a way to use him. And if it's not like going to be as a true receiver, then let's try and like figure something else out. Well, and this is where Tyreek Hill was at this point in his contract as well. And look how that developed. I'm not saying Mikol will be that way, but in that sense, I mean we think of why we took Mikol, because Tyreek Hill was in a situation where we didn't know if we were gonna have him or not. So we had to That's take a receiver in the second too. round. Yeah, so, like, I we were forced people, upon this. Well, and I, I always feel bad about for McColl because, you know, it's like, ah, you know, like, you were drafted to be, like, Tyree Kill. But he never, like, got the chance to be, like, Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill was still there. And yeah. now this is his chance. This is yeah. – so he is going to be that Tyree Kill role. Like, he, he is getting thrown into it. And if it doesn't work out, Sky Moore, you are now that guy. Yeah. And, I mean, for clarification, Sky Moore doesn't have – no one's going to be one for one exactly like Tyreek was. Sky Moore just needs to go be the best Sky Moore he can be, and McCall just needs to go be the best McCall he can be. Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we still got we still got the paddy wagon. So, you know, we, we still have some stuff to do. But uh, I think we, we, we talked about the offensive side of the ball. And Beans, I'm assuming you're the one who wrote this in about Melvin Ingram on the defensive side of the ball. I have Indeed. no idea what this is. I haven't heard right. news about it. So you're going to have to take the lead, and I'm going to watch the basketball game while you do so. Okay, so the Chiefs placed a, a seldomly used uh, un, uh, free agent tender on uh, Melvin Ingram. It's called the May 5 tender. So basically what this means is if Melvin Ingram remains unsigned past then he can sign with the Chiefs for the 2022 season for a one-year deal for $4.4 million. That's pretty cheap for Melvin Ingram. For Melvin Ingram, I agree. And, and if Ingram signs to another team during that period, he'll still count towards the compensatory formula for the Chiefs. Oh, kick ass. Oh, so nice. that's a, that's a we'll go beach. Like, that's a round of applause for that, just knowing that that's there and that's hardly – guess, guess, guess who the last team was to use this uh, on? Us. No, it was actually the Baltimore Ravens on Justin Justin Houston. That's who I, I was actually wow. going to guess the Ravens. Um, so, so shout out to Veach for that. So good organizations doing good things. Why yeah. have we? I guess does Melvin Ingram just like not want to sign yet, or Melvin Ingram does this thing and he's done it twice he, now theoretically, yeah. he where he waits it. till the very he waits till the very last minute, and this basically puts the ball in his court and say, "Hey, fucker, <laughs> yeah. make a decision." No, we see it, it running back a lot, where they'll like wait until midseason when a, a player gets hurt, and then all of a sudden there's an increased demand, so they can get more money. Yeah, um, I mean that's what it is. Like now we're past the draft, and people are going to be asked. This is putting the ball in Ingram's court to resign, and if he doesn't sign with the team, and also with this. If a team may offer, like the Chiefs have that chance to counter offer. So, okay, good. Cause, cause yeah, I mean, from a Chiefs perspective, 
We bring in a first round pat, uh, edge rusher. I can't remember his fucking name. We bring in George um, Karloftis. Yeah, Karloftis. Carlo- we bring in Leo Chanel as well. Like having a guy that's been, that's a veteran like Melvin Ingram would just is just generally helpful for a lot of the same stuff as we were talking about with Ryan Tannehill. Um, and then like you also just don't have to rely on the rookies to yeah, begin with, no. which is helpful. They can step in whenever they're ready or you can have a Melvin Ingram just in case they're never ready, right? So like having right. Melvin Melvin Ingram on the Chiefs is making the Chiefs better. So I'm I'm happy that we're at least taking steps in that direction. Yeah, and especially cheap. And so my question is what position on defense are you most worried about? Secondary. Always secondary. I mean, it's, secondary? it's definitely See? linebackers because we have, like, you know, two good linebackers and a hope and a prayer. But uh, it's secondary because it's always been secondary because Orlando Skandrick scarred me for life. So I, I said defensive front. I mean, think about this for a second. We don't have Ingram yet. Like, we, we don't have him now. Yeah, we got Karloftis. That's great. We have Frank Clark or the skeleton of Frank Clark. But think about the interior defensive line and what happens if Chris Jones goes down. So, I, I that becomes understand. A scary, that becomes a scary situation for everybody. There's two, two parts of this for me. The first one is just, like, generally, it's easy. the hit rate on drafting edge defenders is higher than corners. Um, and so, like, the chances that we get a productive player out of uh, Karloftis is good in terms of draft picks. And it's not – and I'm sorry. Like, we're not going to replace Chris Jones if Chris Jones goes down, but the gap between Chris Jones to somebody else who's just going to stand there and occupy bodies on the defensive line, it's just, a like, gen, or a generally less – it doesn't get paid as much because it's viewed as not a important position, right? Well, I mean, the you don't have a Chris Jones there. The reason Chris Jones is held in such high regard is because, like, in a minimal sense, it's because of how many passes he deflects. I mean, that's kind of a small part of it. But it's because he can rush the passer from the DT spot. Right. But, like, our passers already stinks. So, like, how much worse can it actually get if we just put in a big body? You know what I mean? Right. That's kind of what I – and, like – so if we get anything from our edge rushers, it's going to be more than we had last year. And I'm just more concerned about having an entirely new secondary. Even if they're supposed to be better, they're better on paper, just generally getting all new se- – because, I mean, isn't our entire secondary going to be new going into next year, assuming we start both rookie sa- – or the rookie safety and we start um, the fucking defensive safety. I forget his name that we signed. Um, Justin Reed, the one we traded for. Justin, Justin Reed, there you yeah. go. I mean, the only Reed. person who would be yeah. returning would be uh, what's his nuts with Lejarius Sneed. Yeah, so that concerns me a whole, especially early in the season. A yeah, whole communication lot is going to be communication is going to be interesting to see, but how they communicate, right? Because we like we give a lot of cre- uh, credit to uh, the Honey Badger for setting up the communication and all that. And what was this defense's biggest issue for the first like? Half of the season last Communication. year. Yeah. So let's, um, that I would also like say though, beans just general from a general sense, not even the Chiefs. I'm just concerned about secondary play. So keep that in mind too. 
No, I Again, agree. Orlando okay. Skandrick, Stephen Nelson, and pink-haired Jardavius Ward scarred me for life. Yeah, no, I those were the dark days of secondary. Well, I mean, well, while we're while we're hitting on that sec the secondary though, I think it's important to bring up that the Giants did finally release James Bradbury. He finally fought his way out of there. Um, I saw a very <laughs> funny uh Scheffner tweet that or uh, Scheffner on I forget what show he was on, but he's talking about how the Giants had all this trade interest and they were working with these teams, but eventually a deal just didn't get done. And it's like, okay, hang on, hang on. It's not like the Giants are like the absolute pinnacle of NFL franchises, but if you had any interest for a dude that you ended up cutting in the end, isn't anything better than nothing? Like just literally, I mean, Amari Cooper was traded for a fifth round pick. Is that a fucking steal? Yes. But you at least got a fifth round pick. All right. Like, so I wanna I wanna read off their who they're paying off right now. Well, they're I dead, know it's they're so dead bad. Cat. That this is that segment that we need to bring in, like where owners are uh, just yeah. dumb. Tear dumbness. Yeah, we need to do that at some point. But James stuff. Bradbury read off every dude who's making money who's not in the league anymore. Yeah, James Bradbury, twelve Gross. million. Logan million or Logan Ryan, four million. Gross. Nate Solder, four million. That was Kyle, a awful contract. That contract yeah. is one of the worst contracts ever. Kyle Rudolph is at two, two, two and a half million. Didn't he just so, retire? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And there's a bunch of other names, you know, Devontae Booker, Sam who, Beal. Who is so tackle. Because I know for a fact that is like one of the worst contracts in the NFL that they're just stuck with. I can't oh, remember um, the def- like. Are you talking about like Leonard Williams? Leonard, uh, that, yeah, that sounds right. I got He is so ungodly overpaid for his position, and then he's also just not good at his position, which is a very funny combination. But he, regardless, he was on the Jets, and they got him for like a they got him for like a fourth round pick or something like that. That he. Balled out for like half a season, and Gettleman just was like, "Hey, yeah, that's my <laughs> big ass fucking contract." But no, <laughs> back back to James Bradbury. Um, so I guess you first, Beans, because you put this down. Um, do you want the Chiefs to pick him up? Do you expect the Chiefs to pick him up? What do you think? So with what I mean, that was kind of a question I was going to ask you guys. My thoughts are with the secondary right now. They're all young. I think the oldest person right now is. Uh, Lonnie Johnson, who's 26, and he hasn't played a single down for the Chiefs. I mean, don't you think bringing in a 28-year-old James Bradbury would help a rookie Trent McDuffie, uh, uh, an up-and-coming Legereus Sneed? Or I'm, I mean, I'm all about bringing him in. I think that's yeah. a great idea. No, it's uh, so not only from the sense of like he's a good player. He's good to mentor, and then, like, again, it's just a force multiplier when you bring in a number one corner, a guy that's played number one corner. Now your former number one corner is your number two and so on. Um, But, like, James Bradbury also just had a generally down season last year, which is why he's getting released. It wasn't, like, awful. He's just not worth his contract anymore. But we're not paying that contract. Like, the guy that was – worth that contract is still in there and he plays the position like ask ask Jalen Ramsey in the Super Bowl how fluky playing cornerback can be right yeah it's a a position that you uh at your highest end you can still just get fucked over and like lose out right so again, again having a guy that can be a number one corner in the NFL on your roster is 
great. And James Bradbury can be that. And I think that, that would help out our, young, as you said, young secondary so fucking much. I don't care what we'd have to pay him to because we'd just sign him to like a year or two deal. And Yeah, I mean, just bring him in for a year. And if he sucks, then move kind of, on. Yep. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, I, to me, it's just like, I don't, I don't see the downside if you don't sign him to like a long-term deal. Right? Plus somebody else doesn't have James Bradbury if he is good, right? Like, yes. So we have under, Buffalo isn't walking in here and saying, oh, we'll just add James Bradbury and then we'll have James Bradbury and fucking uh, uh, Tredavious White on the same roster. Oh, God, that'd be, that would be scary. Yeah, like that's the – there's so much good about bringing – the honestly, the hardest part you're going to have is trying to convince him to come here instead of other places because I'm assuming he's drawing quite a bit of interest right now. I, I would imagine so, and I would imagine – staying pretty close to where he already was would be fairly attractive to him. I don't know. I'd want to get as far away from the Giants if I as I could if I was I mean it depends. I mean if he likes living in New York or his family likes living like in New York, then like, you know Do we New just York will see your family like oh, there there it is. Is. you know what I mean? It would be easier if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, that- so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comment here, and I'm going to probably get a lot of backlash for this. I can't um, believe you said that. <laughs> I think the Chiefs secondary better than what it was for the past two seasons. I think that's a pretty cold, freezing cold take there, Beans. I don't think that's a hot take at all. I mean, our secondary okay. was so bad over the last couple of years. It's like oh, our, I, I, I think be okay by the uh, end of last, or like it wasn't. The middle end of the regular season. Until we played the Bengals. Once we yep. played the Bengals, it shit hit the fan. But until then, shit was going pretty all right. But, but I'm talking about the room we have now. Like, without Tyron Matthew, without LeJarius Sneed, or uh, not LeJarius, but Charvarius Ward, like, not having Dirty Dan, and not a lot of people like him. But I think the room we have now without James Bradbury is better than what we have had in the past couple of seasons as Chiefs has been on this uphill climb. I think um, you might be here early on that, but then why don't you just add James Bradbury and make it even better than it's already better? Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I because in, oh, go ahead. No, I, I don't think that, you know, we've, uh, how do I put this? Veach doesn't really invest in corner. Trent McDuffie is the highest thing he's invested in corner ever. Not that. I mean, let, let, let's well, go I, through the room real quick. Rashad that, Finn was a investment is like a one year, like eight million dollar deal. Like, how much of an investment is that really? Uh, that's uh, uh, what three quarters of your con or three quarters of your cap space you have left. And I mean, what the fuck else are we doing with that cap space then? I would rather yeah. sign a. I would rather sign a defensive tackle because that's where Spagnolo really focuses. Well, then we his... can sign a defensive tackle for one year, eight million, and we still have a third of the cap space left. Yeah, no, no, I no, because you can sign a D tackle for one year, three million, and have great. Then we have over half our cap space left. <laughs> and we still have James Brad Bradbury. Okay, one year, four million. Whatever. I mean, at, in my opinion. I think I would rather see that money invested elsewhere, and I'd like to just see this secondary just cook, literally. But I would like to turn that against your exact argument, though, Beans, because you admitted that we don't invest in secondary, but then you also said that our secondary sucked over the last couple years. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. But we have finally so Why don't invested. we invest in the secondary to get a good we, one? We have invested now more than we ever have before. I mean, we've invested in... Uh, we invested... 
and Trent McDuffie, and we also invested in the past couple of seasons. We've also invested into Brian Cook, and we got Justin Reed now coming in, and along with um, oh fuck, what the fuck is his name? Um, I, I, I would even Johnson. no, yeah, I will go as far as to say as Lonnie Johnson. Think about where Lonnie Johnson situation in. He is in a revolving door of whatever the fuck the Houston Texans are doing. They've never consistently played him. I don't know if that's Lonnie Johnson or if that's just the nutcase of what the Texans are running, but I have the high hopes of who well, Lonnie Johnson could be. I heard he wasn't be. religious enough to start for the Houston Texans uh, organization. So, <laughs> I, so again, I, 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 I'm just saying I don't think it's a I don't think it's a huge investment to just go and be like, hey, yo, James Bradbury, here's eight million. We're not because I mean, like, dude, what the. If we're not using all of the cap space and maxing out all of our cap space on one-year deals to fill out our roster, then, like, what the fuck is the point? Well, you there's, know what I mean? Even if we don't invest in corner usually, Beans, it's not like there's a player of James Bradbury's caliber at another position just sitting out there that we could spend at anyways. Okay, like, cut me cold, sign James Bradbury. I don't even think we need to cut McCole, just sign him. I mean, and you got to think, too, about our division, right? Like... I understand that our secondary might be better than the last year's, but we have to have, like, this roster needs to be very, very, very good just for us to make it out of our fucking division into the playoffs. And if, if, if we don't hit on these rookies, if we don't, some of these rookies are just not as good as we think they are, which is entirely possible. You're looking at a Chiefs team that is, like, dangerously close to the Raiders roster at the bottom of the division all of a sudden. All right. I just think we need to, I just think when you're going like full tilt for titles with a quarterback who, you know, his contract is kicking in. I mean, if you got twenty four million dollars in cap space laying around, like you like you said, if we're using eight a third of it's eight million, for God's sakes, use it on something. Yeah. Like, we're we're not we're not here to fucking, you know, sit like we're here to go win some fucking games, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, I'm not I saying, you don't have to spend like all of it, all of it. Like, I'm not telling you you have to spend 24 mil. You can go out and spend like 21 and keep three million in cap space for flexibility. I completely understand like that. Well, I, I I do hope James Bradbury is like, yeah, I'm still getting paid from the Giants. Let me just go win a ring with you know Mahomes and those guys. Well, well yeah, and like that's the dream. The dream is that James Bradbury double dips and he signs like a one year like. League vet minimum contract, and then we still have another twenty million laying around. But I mean, like, again, it's just the thing of like, okay, like, if we go into this season and we have like eighteen million dollars in cap space, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. Yeah, <laughs> let's get some like two things clear. This team with James Bradbury, even just like independent of what we're paying him, this team with James Bradbury is better than this team without James Bradbury. And further along that, this team is going to have an easier time competing against Buffalo with James Bradbury than Buffalo with James Bradbury, right? Like, yeah, everything that we just said about James Bradbury taking a deal to get a ring also goes to Buffalo, also goes to all the teams we're competing against. Like the Rams and all that stuff. Yeah, there's so much um, good that we could do by signing a James Bradbury. There's so much upside to that move. I just think it's entirely worth the investment. And like I said, if he, if he fucking sucks, then you don't play him and you, he leaves in a year. Yep. I mean, like, nope. I'm not I'm not out here banging the table for us to sign, sign him to, like, a 
three-year, you know, like $12 million contract or anything like that. God, I'll bang the table. I, I think – Oh, God. No, like, realistically, the more we talk about it here, I just don't think you can mess up bringing in James Bradbury. If you sign him to a three-year deal, the last year that's going to be voided, and he has two years of guaranteed money, and he's a league average corner, our secondary is still better. And All right, so I'm I get that, but I, I would rather see him prove it, and then we can pay him after he proves it. You know sure, I, mean? I just don't think that's going to be possible, given the – uh, pull he has on the free agent market, right? So, now. yeah, well, looking at James Bradbury, I wouldn't sign more than a one year deal either because I mean, I'm not trying to lock, lock myself long term and to a contract after my worst year, right? I'm looking up, I'm looking up the uh, on Spot Rack, shout out to Spot Rack. Uh, his value is three years, 12 mil a year. I would pay that. I, I, I would rather just give him like one year and like, yeah. 15. I'd overpay a market value to come. I would too, but if we had to pay that to get him here, I would do it. See, I would rather sign like an Hicks for, you know, something a little. Let's see what it can. I don't even think. I I agree with you, Beans, but when you're going after titles, that's not exactly the time for money balling the way through to make an average one. All right. And again, I, I, again, more more of this for me is I would rather have. I, I want to keep the financial flexibility. I, and we're we're trying to have it both ways, I suppose, and you can't. Yeah. I, I don't know who wrote this at the top. Um, oh, that was me. Can I say it? Yeah, just, <laughs> just say it. Um, I know it's in all caps, so please don't yell it. Uh, okay, so it is in all caps, so imagine that I yell it, but this is directly at the sports media. For the love of Christ himself, stop tweeting rookies signing their contracts as fucking news. There's nothing more that needs to be said to that. The only way it's news is if they don't sign their fucking contract. Or if there's something weird in it. Like... Our number one overall pick has signed his con. No shit, he signed his contract. Like, what's he going to do? Not show up to work? It's kind of back against the wall here, dumbass. Okay, okay. Who, who is the last rookie who, uh, like, held out a little bit? Is it still uh, Joey Bosa or was there someone after him? That was – so that on, – on when I had the shows on today, that was who kept getting brought up. For, That's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. I think there was a quarterback. Like a couple of years ago, no, I think it was Zach Wilson. Didn't Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson had a weird. What? Yes. Yeah. I, no, I thought they. I thought they didn't have money. No, that was the Falcons. I thought. Oh. The Falcons like had to fully guarantee like all of, like uh, Kyle Pitts's contract or something like that because they didn't have enough cap space unless they did that <laughs> or something. It, it was something wow. super sad. But, um, no, I, but like, I don't, I think that's the last one to like bleed into the season. Yeah. Like Zach Wilson, yeah. I think didn't sign till like July or something, but like he signed before like the season. Yeah. It just, it pisses me off when I see it come across like, Oh, Adam Scheffner tweeted something. What's going Oh, it's just not news. Okay. Moving on. Hey, do you, do you... But, do you... Do you think, like, with them tweeting this, like, starting this transition of tweeting this shit out? Because I don't ever remember this stuff in the past. Like, they would only tweet out if it was an issue. 
Now they're I mean, tweeting I've, it I've just commonly. It was like, oh, Trevor Lawrence signed his contract, but like it's the number one overall pick, so like I kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm seeing like third like, round, tw- third, yeah, third round, like the, like the first round pick signing it. Like, all right, like that's like the crown jewel your draft class. Like, I I totally get that. We're like a top ten pick or something, but like if it's a third round think- pick. It's like all right. Do you think this is going to bleed into the players thinking now that they have more power than ever and hold out until the season starts? No, because they already Um, think that. Honestly, football is, like, weird. It's, like, not the same as basketball, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, basketball is, like, more individualistic and everything, which makes – Especially as you're a rookie, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, football has more of a hierarchical – hierarchical and uh, like old old boys like mentality if that makes sense yeah and it, it's more of a team mentality all that crap so yeah I, I don't necessarily think that I mean it, it's gonna happen in certain cases but like I don't know there's a rookie wage scale like you're holding out for clauses like in the contract like that's what you're holding out for right right like it's not an actual money thing but so I think we've hit all of the quick hitters. Is there anything that you guys want to add before we let Beans explain himself with his thought-provoking moment? Th- those were not quick hitters. Uh, we should just call this episode "Quick Hitters" the episode. It was about <laughs> nothing, and you know what? I enjoyed it. So what do you got for us, Beans? Yep, Beans. We need to know. All right. So I got a question for the both of you. Oh, Jesus. It's not what it's not about what we talked about earlier. I promise. Anyways, oh, don't worry. For those of you that don't know, you'll know eventually with our super cut of pre-talk show <laughs> stuff. All right. Stay so, tuned. Question for the both of you: Would you rather have every chat, photo, and internet search you've ever done be open to the public, or at exactly halfway into your life, you lose every material object, money included? ever owned be taken away from you thus starting with nothing fuck do i at least have my job still i mean you have your job now so but so do i get to keep it like does that count as a material thing i mean your material i would consider it material yeah because you get paid for them which thus so like i lose my diploma but like does the world still acknowledge that i have have a diploma I don't. I don't know how that works. Like, what happens if like, right, like, like my, like my social security card. Like, do, do I still have an acknowledgement of having one and just not have it and need to? Like, you're still, you're still just, a somebody to the government. Your house burns down, and yeah. you have to like just start from zero. You're still a government human being. Like, you're a number to the government, but like you've lost every materialistic item. You know, okay. like gone and that forgotten. includes my so i got fired too like that day right this is the worst day of yeah my you had you really just had the shittiest day oh dude okay but so it's exactly the halfway... fucked up thing if that happened to be like tomorrow then i know that like i'm gonna die in 25 years exactly i don't know if i want to know that yeah that's the worst part so okay hang on let's Assuming that it's not exactly halfway point of your life and the like big thing is like generally speaking halfway of your life you lose everything. This is yeah. going to make me sound like a real asshole, but like I just I feel like if everybody saw what I'd searched on the internet, there's two parts of this. A, Dude, I don't I'd probably still like, get fired. 
I don't give a flying <laughs> fuck what you like think about me in general. And then like B, I feel like I could at least explain everything that I've searched on the internet in some way. I just wouldn't <laughs> want to like lose everything halfway through my life because then that'd make the first half of my life like working for everything just seem dumb and like it just be because you're about to retire at that point right so like everything that you just did would be gone i would just rather everybody know you would never be able to retire i didn't even think about that if you lose all your money yeah i just rather everyone know my shit like here, I'll pull up my last Google shirt search because of what we were talking about earlier. Why is my poop always runny? Like, I can explain. <laughs> I can explain. You know what? I'm going to go under the assumption that I've searched so much stuff. And, like, not, not all of it's bad. <laughs> Nobody would like, read I've it. I've searched so much stuff that no, like, finding all the weird stuff and finding all, like, the bad stuff is probably just going to be impossible for any normal person who's just looking for it, right? So here's my thought on this. Like if this every person in the world had to decide this one thing and a lot of people chose like the exposition of the chat text and photo, everybody would have so much fucked up stuff. Like mine would be normal. So but when everybody has fucked up stuff out, nobody does. Yeah, it's honestly, that is, see, that's like, the, the more yeah. I think about it, like the Honest to God to myself, and this is going to make me sound like a weirdo, but, like, probably the worst thing I have, like, on my internet search history is, like, some weird porn. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, and that's, like, like, I, I think that's everybody's going to go, dude, same. I don't, I don't have any, like, nudes shaved on my fucking, like, phone for me or anyone else. Oh, but that see, would like, suck. My, like, if this would have been me, like, five years ago, still in college, broke as hell, like... If you would have said, yeah, you lose everything, like, okay, I lost two things. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Like, you have a job, and, like, there's this thing called, like, a 401k or something. That's what my HR person told me. And now, it, and it sounds important, so I'm like, I don't want to lose that. Like, what the fuck? So... I mean, so here, here's, like, the fucked up thing. If I lost everything, like, right here, right now, like, I could recover. And, like, that'd be fine. But, like, if it's really halfway through my life, and let's just say I lived at 80, so I lose everything in like 15 years. That's like 15 years of compound interest I just lost out on for retirement. Like that's so yeah. fucked up. Yep. Man, yep. that's you crazy. Can... So, so which it's one are you choosing? Internet search oh, search I'm gonna okay. search I think this is a wash. Yep. So like, okay. Close. Now the real question is on that one. So you said text messages too, right? Yeah. So like, does the other person get screwed? So like, if someone sent me something racist, right, and I responded with, like, some laughing emojis, do they get outed or do they get, uh, like, blacked out dots? Oh, yeah. It's a it, it's a sinking ship. Oh, it's it's for everybody? It's a sinking ship. Oh, okay. Then, like, yeah, I'm bringing everyone down with me. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I, I, I dragged you guys down, down a lot. I think the worst, <laughs> the, the worst thing in my all my stuff, like I said, is weird porn and shit I texted probably in high school. I was yep. going to say, like, all three of us have probably been in a group chat, and, like, we would just all three just collapse together. No, but, like, dude, come on. Like, when we were, we're from a really white, uh, freaking <laughs> middle of Kansas town, there's no way we're not in a group chat where someone dropped an N-bomb and, like, reacted <laughs> in a not negative way to that. <laughs> like, come on. Like, there's there's oh. no way in, like, our, like, 
13-year-old to 18-year-old lives, there's not one of those somewhere. Well, this is a dangerous way of thinking, but I refuse to believe that, like, from the region of southeast Kansas down to, uh, like, northeast Texas, there's not just more racist text messages that have been sent and worse (laughs) ones than what I've sent. So nobody cares about what I sent if there's worse ones out there, right? And well, like, if you don't go viral with, like, the dump, then who cares? Like, that's the, like, the reason people cancel is because, like, they, you know, like the have a thing. fucking, yeah, it goes, like, it gets on Twitter, and, like, everyone, like, reacts to it because they're famous. Like, yeah. Joe, the dude working at Joe's Chicken Shack, you know, down in uh, Kansas City, you know, he tweet, he texts his friend something, you know, homophobic or whatever. And, oh like, shit! Yeah, I'd definitely be canceled if homophobic. <laughs> but like, he tweets something homophobic, and like his buddy puts it on Twitter and gets like three retweets and like sixteen likes. Like Joe from, or the dude working at Joe's to get fired because his manager doesn't have Twitter, or he doesn't follow anyone who has, Twitter, who's like involved in that. You know I do I mean? miss old Twitter where like you could roast anybody and get a thousand retweets and a million likes. Uh dude, old Twitter was great. Now it's yeah. now it's just political stuff. Yeah. All right. It so really yeah. is a shame. So yeah, that was my thought provoking moment. I, I, I think that it. was fantastic. It was a good time. All right. Uh Gavin, I think you have to go first for obvious reasons on your hot take of the week. Okay, so my hot take this week is I think no, I'm just gonna go with it. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco is the most talented running back on the Chiefs roster right now. Now, he also has the least um, investment, so sunk cost fallacy is a lot to overcome. And that's not just me hedging; like it's re- that's legitimately a real thing. Um, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire sucks. Like that's just <laughs> not a high bar to beat out. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is like. Imagine you're having a fight with someone in a phone booth. You know, like, make someone miss in a phone booth. You, like, dodge a punch and then just, like, don't leave the phone booth. And you just get punched on, like, the second attempt. That's literally what, um, that's literally what Clyde looks like breaking tackles. He'll break a tackle, but then just, like, not be able to move and actually take advantage of it. Ronald Jones can't catch. Isaiah Pacheco can catch. Ronald Jones is at least a good rusher. But I guess my point here is, like, Isaiah Pacheco is the only running back on the Chiefs roster that potentially gives you the whole package. He has the highest speed score of any running back in this class. He can fucking haul ass. And when, like, that's your starting point at running back, and we've talked about him on this podcast, like, I don't know about his ability to play running back just because he, like, basically didn't get to play running back in college because his offense was so bad. So, But when when I'm talking about talent, I'm talking about the dude being able to run a 4.39 at a, like, 30, 31 BMI, 216 pounds, being able to catch the ball, all of the things that you essentially, like, can't teach as a coach. The technical side of football, I can't speak to with him. But when we're just talking about talent, raw, what you show up to show up with at day one, I think there's Isaiah Pacheco just, like, offers the best package. He might be absolutely retarded and not be able to find the hole, but I, I again, I don't think that's a lot. I don't think that's really a hot take, but it's going to come off as a hot take. I, I've seen a lot of hype for Pacheco. Like it's definitely increased. Um, 
the whole like he's the best running back in the room right now like that is kind of a hot take because I think a lot of people are still on that Clyde I'm not but a lot of people are on that Clyde Edwards Alaire train um I'm on the Derek Gore train myself but you know I digress I Clyde Clyde is just super mid like all the way okay I Clyde is like if Clyde was like you know six foot like 220 Clyde would be really good because he has some good power to him, but he's just so small that like the power he's small and slow, which is the like absolute worst combination to have at running back because you have no ceiling at that okay. point. There's absolutely yes. no. Upside. I, I would like you have Clyde these same draft? He was the guy I would have drafted. Like, so I, I always have like this uh, thing where it's like, would you draft this running back in the first round, or like wh- where would you draft this guy? And every running back I say no to. Except for the guys that I think are like you know elite pass catchers who have first round talent, and like Clyde was one of those guys, and he was kind of in that same kind of breath as a CMC, like when CMC was coming out. And so like I like Clyde, but like he, he he's just not it. You know what I mean? He doesn't have the athleticism to make his patch ca- pass catching like powerless. I guess worth it. Exactly. So do you think if we would have had Clyde in the third round, we would be? different singing a different tune absolutely no i think i think it would still be clyde's like fine like and i think clyde well, is fine i guess the the mentality that we're speaking with though is clyde sucks because he was a first round pick if we got the production out of clyde in the third round we just wouldn't care like like yeah he's fine he's a third rounder it's like whatever like the way we would talk about it would be different yeah yeah i mean to me again i think clyde is fine i think clyde is a player when given the opportunities. I mean, you know, you see the Bills game, you see other games. I mean, he he's had like like he he's been able to do stuff. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, he just, he just doesn't have the athleticism to be like that guy, right? Yeah. And I I know that like being a running back is like super dependent on like offensive line and everything else. But I mean, like, if you put Christian McCaffrey in place of Clyde, like, you know, you're instead of getting that like ten yard run that Clyde gets, you're getting that twenty five yard run because CMC just is better. Yep. So again, I mean, to speak on Pacheco, I I don't know if he'll ever turn into anything. Um, well, that's it why would it's be a cool thing. if he did. It'd be. I mean, if he just ends up being like, I don't know, a Raheem Mostert that stays healthy and like we just kind of use him to change a pace wise and we got him in like the sixth, seventh round, well, I guess the seventh round, then uh, fantastic, great. If he just is a returner for four years and we never see him again, great. We got him in the seventh round, that's fine. Someone so. is going to like, come at me for saying this but if you just took isaiah pacheco's athleticism and put it into clyde he's like one of the best running backs in the nfl i don't agree with that the only thing that's missing from isaiah pacheco is the just like i guess knowing that he has the technical side of playing running back but again that's where like i say he's the most talented i just don't know how if he's able to actually use that but if you combined those like that's the Everything that Pacheco Pacheco has is what we're missing in Clyde. 
Well, and you, then you put Clyde's technicals and Pacheco's athleticism and Ronald Jones, we'd have the greatest running back in the league. Yeah, we just need the Captain America chamber thingy to put them all three in there and scoop <laughs> out essentially a Derrick Henry that can pass, that, that can catch like CMC. And run like CMC too. <laughs> yeah. But All right, Beans, you have a hot take. <clears throat> I saw <clears throat> This is the first time I've ever wrote my hot take on here, I think. I'm yeah. proud of you for using words. <laughs> I, I already know Gavin's going to absolutely agree with this hot take, by the way. So that's why you're going first. I'm, All right. I've never even seen the second one. so. Okay. So my hot take is Money Moneyball, the one, you know, the one with Brad Pitt, is the greatest sports movie of all the sports movies. That is it. Okay. Okay, so what's the second one here? Because we got to talk about these together. Okay, so my hot take, because I had to be a contrarian, um, is that Major League is the best sports movie ever created. And they're both baseball movies, which is hilarious because Gavin hates hates baseball. Yeah. Okay, Um, so are you talking about Major League, like the series of movies, or just one or two or three? Just Major League. Just, just major one. league, just with, number one. With, uh, just with uh, like Wesley Snipes and Charlie, uh, Sheen. Charlie Sheen, that one. Yeah. That movie's hilarious. Okay, right. so I feel like I'm a fairly neutral party to this because – I okay, so I've never seen Major League, but I just hate baseball in general, I guess. And money – so Moneyball to me is actually, when it comes to sports movies, I have seen Moneyball and it is a great movie. I think it's a like not a good sports movie. Really? Oh, yeah. Damn. So, but like it 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 depends on what you want out of a sports movie. Obviously, like to me, as far as just like a movie, like I love listen, the concept of Moneyball and like the movie about it, and just like it, it's more of a it's almost more of a documentary to me, right? Like in just the information portrayed throughout the movie it was like, a book the, climax, the like best thing that happens in the movie is like a streak in a like just dog days of baseball that nobody cares about see like, moneyball like okay when i watch a movie like i don't get like intricate like i, I like the finer details of movies i hate I'm how saying. i hate how uh hollywood portrays sports movies and like they portray like the athletes as douchebags and shit like that which you know, they are, but, you know, like, they, they portray them differently. I think in Moneyball, like, they did such a good job at hitting such a niche. Like, think about it. They hit the Oakland A's niche and the people who like statistics and the drama. Like, they hit, like, all three of them and made it able for anyone to watch. Well, and, they feel like real people, too. Yeah. yeah. That's, and, that's always the thing that's bad about sports movies in Hollywood. Is like all the people just feel fake as hell. Yeah, no, yeah. that's exactly what I mean. Like, like I loved the movie Friday Night Lights when I was in high school because, like, you know, high school. But like, you watch it now, and it's like, you know, like there's some moments where you're like, all right, that's kind of cliche as fuck. Well, but yeah, dude, we 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 all played sports. Night. None of that shit fucking happens. No. It- oh, oh, did Beans cut out? Is Beans dead? No, I think he's still. I'm here. right here. There, there he is. is. And so Moneyball, like, they hit the drama, they hit, you know, they hit everything just on the nail, and it was perfect. So 
I agree with everything there. Just when I watch a sports movie, like, I feel like it's incomplete. And this is dumb because, you know, the hero always wins. The um, Every movie ends predictably. Moneyball doesn't. But at the same time, like, I feel like in a sports movie, it's just supposed to end that way. I wasn't dissatisfied, but I just don't think it can be. It's like, it's like if you said, um, like, what happens in Moneyball was one of the greatest sports achievements or one of like, whatever. Right. If like, it's just not because it's not a great achievement. It's not anything that happens here. It's an idea. Well, that the, part... the idea is the great achievement though, because now everyone does it and it ruined baseball. Right. But as far as far as a sports movie, I like expect to see, or like I, the weird, uh, I don't know how to put this. Have you guys ever you watched? Expect, um... You expect to see the heroes come out on top. You expect yes. the payoff. Yeah. Yep. Have you guys ever watched Ted Lasso? Yes, but that's not a movie. Well, okay, but like how how in that they like don't reach what they're supposed to at the end, but I feel like at the end there was something built, I guess. I feel like at the end of Moneyball because they never reached what they were actually building to that they never like nothing was accomplished, right? Like they didn't even get to the World Series is your point. Well, they didn't get to the World Series. They never. They, they didn't never even win won. a playoff series. The whole <laughs> the whole thing was the whole thing with that movie is uh, Brad Pitt attempting to like win the big game, and he just doesn't. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but like that's also what the sports like moment or the sports thing in that movie is centered around. And since he doesn't reach that, to me, it just can't be the greatest sports movie. So, what is your greatest sports movie? Uh, I, that okay. You talk about major league, so I can ignore I mean, you. I mean, there's really that. not a whole lot to say about major league. It's pretty much just a bunch of jackass tagged together baseball fuckers who get put together in Cleveland to you know lose so the woman owner can. I should just say the the act the wife of the deceased owner can move into Miami. I mean, it's got Charlie Sheen in it and Wesley Snipes, and it's hilarious. Like I don't. I don't, I don't really know how to describe a comedy. But those are my favorite sports movies. I feel like sports movies got to be funny. So, okay, perfect examples here. I'm not going to put these as my perfect, but they'll, like, explain what I'm talking about. Um, cliche as fuck, but I don't care. When I think sports movie, I'm thinking, like, Miracle or Hoosiers or something mm, like that. Those are good ones. And so, like, Moneyball is just not the same type of movie. I don't really view it as a sports movie. Like, Dude. it's about sports, but it's about the it's about the concept of Moneyball more than like baseball or sports in general. For, for my money, I feel like a sports movie's got to be about the characters of the people, because like the drama comes from the actual sport itself. Like, yep. it, like, I feel like it needs to be funny because, like, if you're watching a sports movie for drama, then you're just watching basically a documentary. Yeah, yeah. Like, think, Moneyball is awesome, but, like, Moneyball actually happened. Like, that's the reason why Moneyball is good because they're just retelling what happened. Yeah. I, I think we've come full circle with this. Really do think we have. Moneyball is <laughs> not a sports movie. That's what I say. There we go. It's a great movie, not a sports movie. Look, I'm just going to tell everyone right now, you can go into Amazon Prime and rent Major League for like three bucks. I think you would enjoy it, Gavin. It's actually, it's actually pretty funny. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll hit it up then. Bean, you can vouch for that, right? 
Funny, okay, Major League is a good movie. It's oh. worth the watch. So, not yeah. not to really derail us here, but I took a uh, a final today. Guess how quickly I took my final. I'm guessing Ooh. you had like an A in the class. You couldn't drop below an A or something, so you just wrote no. your name and No, well, I just out. wouldn't win if I couldn't drop below an A. But um, so it was just it was a uh, like principles of finance class or some shit like that. Oh, uh, that didn't take any more than ten minutes. Uh, yeah, it took me nine. <laughs> oh, I was going to yourself. I, I was gonna... 20, well, tw- 25 questions on a time test, and I turned it in like nine minutes into the you time. You just thing. put C for everything? No, I did the questions. They're just that oh, easy. Oh, wow. wow. See, I don't think you could read anything fast enough to do that. Well, there was like 15 conceptual questions, and then all of the numbers questions were just like one calculation and out. And oh, I, okay. Yeah, I, I looked over it right before the test, which I hadn't done for the other test, so that also made it go a little faster. Oh, well, there you go, and there you go. Well, I tell you what, gentlemen, we've been completely derailed. This episode is probably longer than most of our episodes because we just didn't care this time. Sorry about it. But have really. any of you guys got any final words? Um, I don't have... Uh... No, it's about to get into the uh, time period of sports where every single team, not excluding baseball, um, every single we'll team about baseball we, here in a bit. we care about is like, well, hang on. This team could actually be better than we expect, right? It's the better than we expect season. Uh, it's the better know. than we expect season. K-State football is actually not going to be that bad this year. K-State basketball is improving. You know how it goes. The Chiefs are actually one of the best teams in their division. Uh, just all of this stuff starts coming out. And even though K-State football opened up as the ninth favorite team in the Big 12. That's far from the course. Yep. So I, well, I just, I can't I'm just excited wait. for optimism season. I, I can't wait to milk two episodes out of, you know, one will be like, why K-State is going to go 3-9, and nine, along with why KU is going to go 0-12. <laughs> And then the very next episode will be like, why K-State will win the Big 12? And why KU will win a bowl game? <laughs> we do have to, like, have an episode where we just talk positively about uh, K-State for, like, 25 minutes. And then we just dog on K-State for, like, 25 minutes. And then we what, let them- Just 25? Oh, boy. I could dog oh. on K-State for a whole episode if you want. I was going to say, that, that's under, uh, yeah, that's underestimating us there. It would just be easier to convince our listeners that we're going to be really bad than we're going to be really good. Well, gentlemen, I tell you what, for my last word, I want to thank everyone for listening to this absolute train wreck of an episode. I'd like to say thank you to my two beautiful co-hosts and our challenge remains. If you think someone would like this podcast, send them a text of it. If you think someone would hate this podcast and you hate them, send them this podcast. If you don't, even if you don't know anybody, just type in a random number to your phone and send this podcast. Oh, dude, speaking of that, I had my phone neighbor text me the other day, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, get out of here. I always wanted to do that, but I don't have the balls to do that. It happened to me the other day. Dude, Lord knows my phone would be like some 13-year-old girl and he get my ass beat by his dad or something. That's That's where every chat photo. (laughs) Yeah, then it just gets released because of your question earlier, Beans. (laughs) <laughs> it's like oh why is this guy a pedophile it's like i'm not i was just trying to text my uh what is it called a text door neighbor yeah something like that that would be my luck wow Luka Doncic just made a great pass in during
Like, Ready Bullock just fucking sold Luke out on that. Wait, I have breaking news that I just re- read from three hours ago. Okay. Oh, boy. Three-hour-old breaking news? What is it? So, quote, the Seahawks are optimistic on Chris Carson. And I'm not just saying this because – I'm saying this because he's on Drew's roster and I just looked at our week one matchup, Sam. But it's funny to me because it literally says in the article here that he's still rehabbing and the organization doesn't have any updates. Keep in mind that he's rehabbing his fucking neck injury – but Pete Carroll is still, quote, optimistic on a return. Pete Carroll's optimistic about everyone, which is weird, because then he talks shit on Kenneth Walker about it. That motherfucker was questionable to return in day-to-day, and then he was, like, out for the season and possibly retired with a neck injury in, like, eight hours. I'll believe it when I see it. So, to everyone, Chris Carson, get healthy. Take all the time off that you need. Subscribe to the pod. Send out the pod. Follow us on Twitter. At underscore underscore F3S. That's underscore underscore three S. All capital letters. And like we said, talk the pod to someone you know. Comment on Twitter. Come to give us ideas for new segments you want to hear us talk about. And leave a comment on Apple Pod or Spotify and tell us how much we suck. Or praise us. We love praising. We love praise. But we'd also love critiques. And again, we want to thank all of you guys for listening today. Stay safe. Fuck Bosco boys. And God bless. See you at the next.